Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your very warm welcome. Thank you. Hello, everyone here at Peterborough and everyone watching from Leicester, um, anyone connected from Cambridge online, you know, welcome, welcome. It's great to have us all together today in church. Um, it's been a wonderful series we've been going through, looking at a, a couple of women in the Bible and just learning so much from them. And today I've been privileged to share with you about another one of these ladies, and her name is called Anna. So we're going to be looking at Anna today, and just before I read the scriptures uh, that describes, you know, her own feature in the Bible, I just want to, like, share a bit about the context, you know, for those scriptures. So what we are about to see is that, you know, Jesus has been born, and Joseph and Mary have given birth to the Lord Jesus. And what has happened is Mary has gone through a, a time called a time of purification. So that's completed now. And so they're able to go to the temple to present their baby and offer the sacrifice that was required for the firstborn child, especially the firstborn child who was a boy. And so they get into the temple and when they get there, there's this man who comes their way. His name is Simon. And Simon apparently has been told by the Holy Spirit that he's not going to die until he sees the Lord's Christ. He sees the baby Jesus and he knows that this is the Messiah. He begins to announce this to everyone, that this is the one we've been waiting for because the prophets, the, the, the Old Testament had, had spoken about the fact that the Christ was going to come. He's excited, sharing that news with everyone. And then another lady, a lady comes on the scene. And this is our lady. She comes there and then she sees that baby. And just the same way she begins to praise God, begins to tell everyone that the salvation we've been waiting for has come. She spots the Messiah. So let me read the scriptures. It says in Luke 2, 36 to 38, Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. So just three verses, you know, but as I prepared for today, and I said, Lord, what, what are we going to learn from Anna? He began to show me there's so much more to pull out from those three verses about this lady. And if you just join me and let's just think about it together. Let's go back a couple of years, say 2,000 years plus. Think about this young lady who was probably about 15 years, because at that time, that's probably when she'll be getting married. Think about the fact that she must have been getting ready for this wedding, you know, her friends, 
probably getting ready with, for a bridal shower first. I don't know if they did wedding colors, but you know, life was just starting, life was just unfolding. She must have had a lot of dreams. She must have had a lot of plans. You know, she was going to get married and you know, become a wife, have kids, and life was ahead of her. And she must have been excited. The whole family must have been agog. Lots of party going on, lots of celebrations. Usually those weddings didn't just happen in one day. Things happened every day. There's so much to do, you know? It must have been an exciting time. So if we just think about that. And then, yes, she gets married, you know, and she settles into her new life. So much ahead, so many plans, so much to look forward to. And then a few years go by. The Bible says seven years and then the utterly unthinkable happens. Like Anna is thrown into the most devastating thing that may have happened in her whole life. I don't think she ever dreamed she would come to that kind of situation. Anna's husband dies. She's a widow at probably just 22 years. And at that time, being a widow was not a joke. It was huge. You're such a vulnerable person because your covering was gone. You're left at the dispense of you know, what anyone had to do with you and all of that because the person who was going to be there to protect you and cover you, provide for you, was gone. Anna's life, literally, had come to a standstill. I believe she must have come to a place of quietness and grief and heartbreak and like, I can't, like what, what am I going to do at this point in my life? But you see, we, we begin to see something happen with this young lady. The Bible says that she went to the temple and served the Lord all those years of her life. You know, in fact, when I began to think about it, I feel like Anna just literally just threw herself into God's arms. And there was a scripture that came to my mind, and I felt that what, what we were seeing was like, it was like those scriptures were just brought to life. It's actually in Isaiah 54, 4 and 5. It's, it, it, it's almost like we see the scriptures come to life in Anna's life, because if we know the kind of God we serve, I believe he must have just embraced her as she just threw herself to him for, 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 for life because she had nowhere else to go. It says, fear not, you will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid. There is no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth and the sorrows of widowhood, for your creator will be your husband. The Lord of heaven's armies is his name. He's your redeemer, the holy one of Israel, the God of all the earth. And it's like, we know, it's almost like you can tell that God really came through for her. He literally became her husband. Because look at Anna. This is a young lady, broken, tragic situation. But the Bible describes her as Anna the prophet. Something happened in that journey. I believe something happened in terms of healing and transformation that we are not seeing her as Anna the broken widow, but we are, she's being called Anna the prophet. That means she had come into a place of healing and wholeness, that she had come to a place where she was able to, to, to be someone who will bring the voice of God, the clarity and the wisdom of God for individuals and in her community. She was now a woman of value, a woman who was a pillar in her community. It's almost like we can see that the pain she went through had become a place of power Amen. and purpose. 
And I said to myself, wow, I think there's so much that we can learn from her story. There's so much we can draw from this lady. Because the same way she's gone from there to here, I believe that God is able to change anything we are going through. He's able to turn around what the enemy meant for evil, what the enemy wanted to use to take us out into a place of his glory, where he's able to showcase his faithfulness and his goodness and bring us to a place of healing. And so I just said, Lord, what, what can we take away from Anna? And there are three things I believe we can take away from her. The first thing I believe we can take from Anna is that we have a place to go. We can turn to the Lord. We have a place to go. Anna shows us that, look, no matter what's happening, no matter what is going on, we have a God. We have a place to go. The Bible says she went to the temple. Yes, we're not going to a physical temple now built with hands because we understand now that we are the temple of the Lord. You see, but what we can draw from this is that we can be reminded that we know that we have a God who lives and dwells in and amongst us, who is ever-present. The Bible calls him the ever-present help in time of need. He's the one who's called Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is present, who does not leave, who does not forsake us, you know? It says we can come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain grace and mercy to help in our time of need. Because of Jesus, we have access and confidence. We have a God. We can be sure, just like Anna, we can be sure with all certainty, we have a God we can turn to in trying times and at all times. You know, I remember on several occasions when uh, my father passed on, and my father passed on in a, in a, very, in a very rather tragic uh, way, and so it was so overwhelming, you know? And, you know, like, you know, if, when you go through a, an experience like that, there are moments that are just, like, worse than the others and all of that. And this particular time, I was really, really feeling the brunt of it. Like, I just, like, how? Where? How? You know, so it was very heavy. And, you know, in those moments when you come to God, in, you know, where, when you're overwhelmed and you come to the Lord, God is able to come through to you. He's able to come through to you with a word of encouragement, a word of life can be a song, something he's able to, he's able to, and he knows exactly how to get through because he's the God of all comfort. So I remember walking down the street one day, I was back home in Nigeria and just thinking, my goodness, how did daddy just go like this? And I was so heavy. I was just so heavy. So I got into the car that was supposed to take me home. As, in, as I was in the car, I just the radio station was on, and then the, the, the secular radio station on a weekday just, I don't even know what they were talking about, but they decided to play a hymn. And the hymn was my father's favorite hymn. I was so, it was so, it blessed me so much in that moment, and I knew it was just God comforting me, because I'm like hearing my father's favorite hymn, having such beautiful memories of him, and also being reminded of what, I needed to know at that moment because the, one of the verses of that song actually reads, and it says this, when Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart? Then I shall bow in humble adoration and then proclaim, my God, how great thou art. And I, was just, I could see my father singing that. I'm thinking, that is a, he's actually full of joy right now, proclaiming the glory of God. And he, I mean, that was so comforting. And that's God for you. Like, he's able to come through. So when we turn to him, when we go there, 
no matter what it is, he will be able to garrison, hold you, give you something that will give you clarity, courage, faith, and hope for tomorrow. So we know that we can turn to the Lord. The second thing that we can learn from Anna is that we have a place to stay. We can stay with the Lord. We have a place to stay. You know, Luke 237b says that she never left the temple, but she stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. Now, I'm not saying we all have to like pack our bags and like find some spaces to stay here, you know, but, but just like I, I mentioned earlier, we know where God lives. He lives with us and in us, you know. So what this is telling us is that just like we see with Anna, she didn't just like, okay, oh my goodness, life has just thrown me a really uh, difficult one and I, Lord help me and oh, okay, now I'm comforted and okay, I think I can, I can take it on from here now and then I'll, I'll, just, I'll just head off, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm fine now, that, that's good enough. But it, it to me looks like she has realized she cannot do life without God, like she's not going anywhere. Apart from him, she can do nothing. So she begins to, you know, she, 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 it's like she commits the rest of her life to just relationship, communi- com- uh, communion with God, staying in that place of his presence, you know. And I think this is something that, you know, I can learn from, something we can all learn from, you know, because there's safety when we're staying in his presence, when we're staying connected, when we don't just go there only in the tough times, but at all times. You know, I remember one time when I was like, gosh, Lord, it's so busy. Gosh, I wish I could study the word more. Oh, I'm so sorry. I wish I could study the word more. Um, I wish I could pray more. But like, Lord, gosh, there's so much work to do. There's so much to do. It's so busy. There's no time. And then my family went through a trying time. I was so shocked at how much time I had. I was like, I, I, I would wake up to pray. I was so motivated, like, God, please, I need a word, help me, or help us, you know? Even at work, I remember working in the hospital at that time, and I would have free time. I would go to the hospital chapel, and I'm praying. And one day, I just heard the Holy Spirit say to me, thank you, you see, there's actually time, you know? And I said, Lord, please help me. You know, and the truth of the matter is that I think we can learn from Anna that, you know, Every day, because you know, he said that she was fasting and praying night and day, so she was always there, right? I don't know how long she did these things for, but there was something regular, and I think that's the thing. There's something regular about there was something regular about her relationship with the Lord. So, for us, what would staying with God look like? I think it would look like us giving Him time every day, like waking up earlier to just talk to God to pray. Finding time during the day to, you know, come away from the business of things and commune. Spending time just reading the scriptures, because the Bible says that God is his word. So when you're reading the scriptures, you're actually with God. Like, whether you know it or not, something is happening. You know, times to, like, take out time to worship, play music, thanksgiving. And what I even also find very powerful is just being aware that God is present. <clears throat> Practicing the awareness of his presence. Because what happens is that God never leaves. He doesn't ever leave. He doesn't change, right? But our perception of him waxes and wanes. So if we are intentional, we can actually stay switched on and aware. That's something powerful that we can do. There's also something else that is mentioned. It says that she, she would fast. 
Now, fasting is something that I believe we can also do that would, you know, strengthen and, you know, uh, just vamp up our time with the Lord, make it even richer. You know, fasting is something that people do. Like anybody, people fast for various reasons. You can fast uh, as a part of a weight loss program and all sorts of things can be done um, as reasons for fasting. But I believe that fasting is a vital spiritual practice. But, and this is what I believe, uh, I think we can take from fasting. You see, when we fast, when we are able to get past those initial um, difficult moments of feeling so hungry and it's just like, oh my God, I don't think I can survive. I don't think I can, Lord. You know, when that phase goes to when we get past that phase, you see what happens is that our bodies now begins to take energy supplies from stored up fuels, and you know, so the way where the way the, the metabolism is functioning changes, right? So we're not able to to cope. We find that we're suddenly able to be fine, all right? But there's something different about that state. It's a different state. In those moments when you're fasted, you have become you become more alert, you become more focused, you're more sensitive, more aware. Your concentration goes up. So what happens that when you are fasting, whatever you are engaged in, whatever you're focused on, you have a richer experience of. So whenever you're fasting, whatever you're focused on, you have a richer experience of. Now that's the power about it because if you're fasting and you are focused on the word, on scriptures, or you're focused on the Lord in a time of prayer, you're going to have a richer experience of him because the things you would normally have missed, you're going to notice. You see, because when you're fasting, you're in the moment, you're conscious, you're, you're thinking, no, I'm not going to eat that, I'm not going to, you're in the moment, so you don't miss things. Now, let's think about a lady like Anna who kept fasting and praying for so many years. I believe her senses had become so heightened, so her, her, her senses had become so trained to recognize the presence of God. I don't know about you, but I've had moments like that where I've just known God is here. Like, you just suddenly know there's an awareness, you know, and I believe we were created and designed to be that way. You know, so she had come to become so attuned to the presence of God in her secret place. So when she met him as the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us, when she, she met him, she, she knew. She knew because she, she understood what she was experiencing. That is what she knew back in her place of prayer. So, so I, we, we can see that, that in staying with the Lord, in staying with him in, in regular communion and fellowship and prayer and fasting and worship, we are going to be able to position ourselves for a deeper level of intimacy with God. And not only that, you see, they called her the prophet. You see, for, for you to be a prophet, you have to be able to hear clearly so that you can dispense that level of wisdom and accuracy. And I think that when you fast, there's something that happens you, with, with hearing the voice of God. It becomes clearer. It's like all the static is removed. And suddenly, that still small voice, that voice, that thing you've always, you've always heard that voice. And the Bible says that my sheep know my voice. So we actually know God's voice. But we, we grow in learning to discern when he's the one taking. But what happens when we fast? It becomes clearer and sharper. And you suddenly know. And that's how I believe she was able to function in the office of the prophet. So everything she went through added up. God was able to make her whole journey count. So we have a place to stay. We can stay with the Lord.
You know, finally, I, I think with, from Anna's story, the, 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 the last thing I think that we, we can draw from her and we can take away is that we have an experience to have. We can encounter the Lord. We have an experience to have. We can encounter the Lord. When I think about an encounter, I, I believe, I feel an encounter is like a moment that is just, it's so personal to you and God. Like, it's a moment that, make, that keeps you knowing that you know, that you know, that you've met Jesus. And no one can, no one can talk you out of it because you know. It's like that moment that gives you a confidence that will not let you stop talking about him. It's a moment that changes everything. An encounter, an experience to have. Anna spent so much time with the Lord. I believe she must have encountered him in many ways before she had that privilege of also meeting with him in person. But I believe that there, there's a lot that we can, we can expect also in our work with the Lord. You know, we're, we're, no matter what, where we are right now, for some of us, we may be in a situation that's almost as tragic as Anna's situation. Like, you're just, you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling like, I, I, I can't believe I'm here. I, I don't believe this, is, this has just happened. Like, I don't even, I can't even breathe, Lord. But I believe that as we go together as a church into this season of an encounter with the Lord, I believe that we're going to meet with God in a way that there's going to be so much healing, so much hope, so much restoration, so much comfort, like you're going to know God so deeply and so closely in this moment, because there's something about trying times that does something in us, that there's no other way we would have been able to experience God, not because we really have to go through, but God is able to make all things work together for good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. You know, as we turn to God and we stay with him, there's something about us giving him our attention that presents opportunities for encounters. And that's why I really want us to be expectant and excited because I think for some of us, we're going to get to a point in this next few days to weeks where things that you doubted before, things that seemed like, is this even real? They're going to become clear to you. God is going to show himself up in your life. He's going to show up real for you. You're going to know that this is not a fable. You're going to know that this is real, that we have a God. We live in a kingdom. We have a, we have a Lord who truly died for us, whose word we can be counted on. I believe some of us are going to be strengthened in this way. You know, why I'm so sure I'm positive that we're going to see the Lord in many ways over the next couple of weeks because when we give our attention to something, we begin to be more aware of it. I, I, in recent times, I was thinking of getting a red Ford and when we started thinking about it, I began to look around to just to see what a red Ford would look like, you know? And then all of a sudden, I just realized that everybody was driving red Fords. Like there were red Fords on every street, every and the funny thing is that even, okay, fine, okay, fine, just Fords, right? But like every Ford was almost red, literally. And I was like, what, where did all these things show up from? Where did these, have they always been red Fords? I didn't even know people drove red Fords in England. Anyway. That's just called the frequency illusion. All those cars have always been there, but I never noticed because I wasn't paying attention. 
And the truth of the matter is, I believe that God is so much more, is so, I think he's more obvious than we know. He's more obvious in our lives every day. But you see, when we begin to pay attention, oh my goodness, you suddenly realize, oh, you were the one who was just speaking to me right now when I heard that person speak to me. You're the one who just nudged me to pray. You're the one who, like, you start noticing because you're now engaged. And that's why, you know, I just believe it's going to be it. God is going to show up for us as we commit to focusing on him, you know. And he does need us. He needs us to pay attention. He needs us. He's almost, it's almost like as I was praying, I heard him say, if, if you would just give me your attention, you will be amazed at the healing I will bring, the things I will be able to do, I will be able to do because you're listening, because you're hearing me. And so together as a church, you know, as we go into this season, I want us to, I just want to encourage us to get um, expectant, expect no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, no matter how downcast you might feel, no matter how difficult you may look. I'm telling you, God is able to make it count. He's going to make it count for his glory and for your good. He's going to reveal himself to you. He's going to make it evident. And you know what that will do? It will strengthen us. He's going to strengthen our faith as we meet with him. And the Bible says in Revelations 19.10 that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Because every time we have a testimony, and sometimes you go through a test for a testimony, but every time you have a testimony and we say, Jesus did this, what that means is that we are revealing his presence, his reality, his ability, and our world needs that because... There is darkness, but light trumps darkness, and we're the light of the world. So every time we proclaim Jesus, we function in prophecy, and we reveal him. And I believe that we're going to have that experience. We're going to have experiences with Jesus for ourselves and for our world as we go forward together as a church. And so I can see that, you know, with Anna, I'm encouraged, and I believe that you're encouraged today. That whatever has cost you pain, whatever has, has left you feeling broken, that God is able to journey with you. God is able to journey with us and bring us through. He's able to take us through and bring us to a place of restoration, of hope, of courage, of strength, of capacity, so we can be a blessing to other people. I actually just ask us to just rise today. As we just lift up our hearts and lift up our hands to the Lord, you know, you may be out there right now and you're going through a serious, serious challenging situation. And you're thinking, I, I, I don't think I can get through this. But I just want to encourage you today that the Lord is the one who is the glory and the lift up of our heads. He's the one who wipes away tears. I want you to just lift up your hand and just begin to receive comfort because he's the God of all comfort. You can just begin to talk to him, just pour your heart to him. Lord, I didn't see this coming. I don't think I can make this. I don't think I can go through this. But God is saying to you, I am with you. I am for you. Watch me make it count. I'm going to make it count. I'm going to make it count for my glory. I'm going to make it count for your good. I saw when it happened. I, 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 I wasn't away. I was with you. I'm still with you. I'm still for you. You can just lift up your heart and say, Lord, help me, help me, Lord. Help me to, to, to go through this with you, Lord. Just receive his comfort today. 
Receive his encouragement today. Receive his encouragement today. The Lord is saying, I will wipe away tears. I bring joy in the morning. I bring joy in the morning. What has, what, what, what make, what has made you feel a sense of shame? I'm able to take that away and strengthen you and heal you. I will restore you. I'm able to take the years, restore all the years that were stolen. I can replace that because I love you, because I care about you. I'm going to make it work out for your good. And when people call you, they're not going to call you by what happened, but they're going to see who I am in you because your life will count for my glory in the name of Jesus. I like us to just, uh, as a church, you know, together, all of us that, you know, no matter where we are, whatever we're experiencing, you know, we may be having it good, but there's always better. There's always more. And as we just go into a season of encounter, let's just begin to say, Jesus, I want to meet with you. I want to encounter you. I want to experience you personally. I want to have my own story. I want to have my own story and not another person's story. I want to have my own story with you. Because when we meet Jesus, everything changes because he's real. Jesus is real and Jesus is Lord. So I want us to say, Jesus, show up. Help me see you. The truth of the matter is he's always there. He has never left, he's always there and he's actually looking forward to us more than we're looking forward to meeting with him. So I say, Jesus, let's say, Jesus, I want to know you more. I want to have my own experience with you. I want to have my encounter with you so that I can boldly declare to my world and to myself that I know that I know that God is good and his mercies endures forevermore. Hallelujah that he's true, that he never lies, that he can be counted on. The Bible says his love is for a lifetime. His word endures forevermore. There's so much to try to shake us and move us. But when you have met Jesus, that makes you, gives you capacity to stand and say, God is good and God is true. So let's open our hearts and say, Jesus, this time I will meet with you. Let nothing hold me back. Let nothing hold me back. And Father God, we thank you. Thank you that you love us more than we can ever ask, more than we know. Your word says that you first loved us, that we love because you first loved us. You made the first move. Lord, we thank you that in this season that there's going to be healing and wholeness and restoration. Lord, we thank you that in this season that people are going to meet with you from our children to the adults to the elderly. Everyone is going to have their own story. So nothing will be able to shake us from our faith in the name of Jesus. And together we will stand and proclaim just like Anna that there is a God who saves in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.